Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online too at kpcg.fm. Have a live link at thetrumpet.com, and also uh, our programming is available in podcast form. So if you'd like to listen to these programs and you can't catch them live, you can always go back and download the podcast. That goes for all of the programming here on KPCG. The uh, headlines in the world are full of a lot of violence. There is an uptick in wars and uh, destabilization. And that seems to be a trend, of course. And the Bible prophesied that it would be that way. It would become more and more that way as we lead up to the return of Jesus Christ. We know the world's going to be in a pretty bad spot until the return of Christ. And we can see that because Christ himself told us. Notice this passage in Matthew 24. We've got a few passages today to look at. And uh, these are important to look at in relation to the way the world is and how we can expect it to become and what will happen in the lead-up to the return of Christ. Matthew 24 and verse 3 here, this is the Olivet Prophecy. It says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world, of the end of the age, this age of man ruling over man? And we've seen the fruits of that, and they are negative very negative. So they wanted to know, and they went to the right source. They asked Christ, what will it be like? And he went through, and he described quite a few things. But we'll pick it up here in verses 29 through 31. Here's part of Christ's answer. He said, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So clearly here Christ is describing the fact that there will be a time of great and terrible warfare right when he returns. There will be terrible destruction going on in this world, some incredible things happening, and then he will return. In fact, Christ has to return or mankind would annihilate himself. And we see the weapons of annihilation all over, mass destruction. And the hope is, I guess, within mankind that nobody will use them, But those weapons are there, and man has a history of using those weapons that he creates. So we should be able to clearly see that conditions are right for things to get much more intense. So that's a a troubling picture. But the hope in it is that Christ is going to return and stop it. But we do need to look and see what the world will be like when Christ returns. And, of course, after he returns, it'll be wonderful. But... There'll be a lot of turmoil and a lot of violence leading up to his return. And we do need to look at that because the Bible talks about it. And we need to understand it. 
we have to see some of these details. Now, we can see more details about what will happen just before Christ's return in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which is a free course of thetrumpet.com, and if you don't have it, please sign up for it. It says, The book of Revelation contains the prophecy of the seven trumpets, symbolic of the terrifying cataclysmic world events to occur just before Christ's return. And we have to understand what is being talked about here. And let's look at Revelation 8. We're going to see some of these final events that occur leading up to Christ's return. Seven trumpets that we're going to look at and see what they represent. Notice Revelation 8, verses 1 through 2. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So notice what happens now when the first angel blows his trumpet. This is in verse 7 here in Revelation 8. It says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. The correspondence course says a gigantic firestorm will burn all green grass and one-third of the trees. Burned vegetation will be the first punishment for continued refusal to submit to the government of God and refusing to obey his commandments. And that's a very important point. We can read through this and think, wow, well, look at this. I mean, this is a lot of destruction. This is almost hard to wrap our minds around. Why is this happening? And people might say, well, would a loving God do that and allow these things to happen? Well, he does. And the reason is because mankind has refused to submit to the government of God and refuse to obey his commandments. And so there's correction, there's, there's a, a punishment that comes to get people to return to God. God's goal is to have people be happy, to be uh, educated in his way, to be productive, to have peace. And all of those things are coming, but man's got to learn to obey God and to follow his commandments. And so man brings a lot of problems upon himself, and then there's some supernatural intervention here as well. Notice verses 8 through 9, continuing, it says, And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. Verse 9, And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. The Course says the seas will be gravely affected by this plague. One-third of the seas will turn to blood. One-third of life in the seas will be destroyed. And one-third of the ships, mainly used for trade and warfare, will be destroyed. A lot of destruction here. And this can be kind of uh, hard to look at. But again, we have to keep the picture in mind, the big picture, that this is being used to turn mankind to God. And if mankind would repent, God wouldn't have to see that it comes to this. But there's a certain hardness there in man. And we have to evaluate our own selves. What does it take for us to turn to God in obedience and say, you know, I don't know, and I need you to show me the answers. What does it take? Well, for quite a few people, unfortunately, it takes some of these events we're reading about here. Notice verses 10 through 13. It says, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven 
burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon a third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters, because they were made bitter. That was the third angel that sounds, the fourth trumpet angel. It says here in verse 12, The fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. In verse 13, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Again, because of the hardness of mankind, they just won't repent and things get more intense. The correspondence course says, most people during the day of the Lord, and this, this is what we're talking about here with these seven trumpet angels. The day of the Lord Although terrified, it says, because of the heavenly signs, will still continue in sin, despite God's repeated warnings to repent. Nevertheless, remember that God is ultimately after repentance. That's what we have to keep in mind. This is an arbitrary destruction. There's a goal that God has, and that is for man to repent. It says, as each plague from God falls on the wicked and disobedient, those who surrender to God, those who do repent, and begin to obey him and forsake the ways of this evil society will be protected from the horrible punishments yet to come. So, as people repent and change, then then they don't have to endure some of these things. And again, we have to keep this broad overview. Mankind is so far into sin that it takes dramatic events to wake people up and turn their minds to God. And these events show how hardened a human mind will become when sin continues. Now, sin has a penalty, for sure, ultimately death, as God's word says. And if a person repents, then Christ's death pays the penalty. But there is a death penalty there. And, but also people become hardened. The further they get into sin, the, the harder it is to come out of it. And we see that all around, I suppose, in the news stories and headlines and maybe even uh, somebody we know or life experience where if there's a sin and it's not repented of, it becomes harder and harder to repent of it because the mind has become hardened and uh, that is just uh, a reality that I think we all uh, have seen on some level. And so some people are so far into sin here that God has to really, really bring some cataclysmic events to get people to change, to get them to soften up and listen to them and do things differently. That's what we really see when we look at these events. It's easy to just kind of look at them and say, wow, these are, these are you know, catastrophic, and they are, but we have to understand why they're happening, and it's to get people to repent. The events in the world, see, they're pushing towards this cataclysm. But then the return of Christ and changing the direction of this world, changing the way it runs, and ruling it with the government of God at that point. These last three trumpets out of the seven, they're called woes also. And we just read that there. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And you can read through Revelation 9, and you see the details of these first two woes, 
over the fifth and the sixth trumpets. And you'll see that John describes catastrophic modern warfare in the best way that he could. You know, he sees this vision of modern warfare. And, of course, he was living at a time before that machinery was developed. And so he's describing it the best that he can. But he's looking at modern warfare. He's looking at helicopters. He's looking at airplanes. He's looking at, you know, all of the things that we see commonly today. And you can read more about that in um, the correspondence course. But let's move ahead to the seventh trumpet here, when Christ will return to this earth. There's these terrible events that happen, but again, it's to get mankind to the point of repentance. And then we see here at this seventh trumpet, Christ will return to this earth. People have talked about that for years. But when will Christ return? Is Christ going to come back to this earth? Yes, he is. And it happens at this seventh trumpet. And so, again, even looking at this totally debunks the idea of a rapture, which some people believe, where Christ will sort of, you know, secretly, I guess, show up and, and take people. Uh, look at these events that have to happen. Have you seen these events happen yet that lead up to his return? They have not happened yet, clearly. There have been catastrophic wars to a point, but not to this level. And there haven't been these signs in the heavens and such, these plagues. That hasn't happened yet. So we know things have to happen before Christ returns, and world events are pushing towards that. Revelation 11, verses 14 through 18, talks about the return of Christ at the seventh trumpet. It says, The second woe was passed, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. And verse 18, And the nations were angry. <laughs> See? Again, the hardness of rebellious mankind. They've been through all of these plagues. They've suffered them, those that have survived. They've suffered them. And they're in the middle of this catastrophic battle. You can read more about it. You have this, these powers that are meeting to fight. The, the king of the north and the, the kings of the east, they meet to fight. And you can learn more about who those, those uh, powers are at the uh, trumpet.com. We have quite a bit of literature on that. These are real, real world empires that are colliding in a final battle. And then Christ returns and they fight him. Verse 18 there, as we read, the nations were angry. See, people don't want Christ to return and establish the government of God on this earth. God's people do, but the world doesn't because they want to rule it their own way. And they don't want to come under God's government. That's why it gets to the point of these catastrophic events. Because the nations are angry and they fight. The correspondence course says, Jesus Christ, the new world ruler, will not be automatically accepted by the warring nations as the king of the earth. The nations will, in joint effort with the beast and the kings of the east, gather their armies in the Holy Land to challenge Christ. They will consider him to be their common enemy and will be angry at him for coming to take control of all earthly governments. They know that with Jesus Christ ruling the earth, their human schemes can never be completed 
Have we seen some human schemes in our time? I think we have. I think we see more of them all of the time. And those are going to be stopped. It says, it is this climactic battle, the battle of the great day of God Almighty, that will determine the outcome of World War III and who will rule the earth. See, Christ is going to return and put an end to man's rule put an end to Satan's rule. He's ruling as a god of this world. And he's ruling in the way that he does, which is deception, which is lies, which is authoritarianism, (laughs) where he has a dictatorship. And he really crushes people under that dictatorship. And you see that that, uh, way of ruling in many, many nations. And you see it historically as well. Christ is coming to free mankind from that, but he's going to have to really correct them first. Notice Revelation 15 and verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the last seven plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. The correspondence course says, just as the seventh seal is divided into the seven last trumpets, so the seventh trumpet is divided into the seven last plagues. And these plagues will finally crush all rebellion and bring mankind to its knees in a repentant attitude. See, look at, again, what it takes to bring mankind to repentance. There are seven seals, and there's the seven last trumpets, and that last trumpet, it's divided into seven last plagues. I mean, it's very systematic the way that God has designed it. And uh, we have quite a bit of literature on that that you can read about these things and really get a a deep understanding. And it takes a lot of study because there's a lot of information there. But that's what it takes to bring mankind to repentance. You can read about these seven final plagues in Revelation 16. The Course says, God's Feast of Trumpets pictures this time of climactic world war and the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. See, God's kingdom is established during a time of war. Kingdoms of this earth, when rulership is changed, it's usually in warfare, isn't it? And that'll be the same with Christ's return. It'll be war, and he will win. It says, when God intervenes, and he will in this generation, his faithful servants will rejoice at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, of course, God's people are thrilled, but the world fights. Satan's world fights. It says they will understand what is happening in world affairs because they have been keeping the Feast of Trumpets. How do we know? How do we remember that these things are going to happen? Well, God gives us holy days to keep us in remembrance of his plan, including the Feast of Trumpets, which reminds us every year about these events leading up to the return of Christ and Christ's return. It says we've been keeping the Feast of Trumpets. God's people have been keeping the Feast of Trumpets the holy day in God's master plan of salvation that pictures the return of Jesus Christ to earth to rule all nations from Jerusalem. And so we need to be keeping the Feast of Trumpets. That's coming up, comes up in the autumn, of course. Keeping the Feast of Trumpets and deeply understanding the events that are going to happen shortly that lead to this wonderful event, the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. And be evaluating ourselves and our attitudes and our thinking. You know, are we thrilled to see Christ return or is there something in us that fights against that? Because this world, 
Satan's world fights against Christ at his return. But God's people rejoice when he returns, and they're prepared for it, and partly because they faithfully keep God's Feast of Trumpets every year. If you'd like more information about this topic, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Or you can also request our free book, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days Witch, and uh, begin to understand more about God's plan and how it is revealed and how it is pictured year by year through his annual Holy Days. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. And until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.